my advice would be to tell as many people as you can about your plans because they keep you accountable. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Are you ready to build your small scale life? Helping people. That's what drives so many entrepreneurs. These brave folks have talents, skills, ideas, and most importantly, the gumption to get up and address needs in their communities. Hey, everybody, this is Tom, your host of the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm glad you're here today. In this Escape Velocity series podcast and video on small scale life, I have the honor of interviewing Chris Geisler. Chris saw a need to provide driver's education in her community, and she started the Northfield Area School of Driving to help teach students how to drive safely. So who is Chris Geisler? Chris is a single mom and has a background in special education. She went from the St. Peter Security Hospital to teaching. She wanted to help students who were struggling in school in an effort to prevent them from going down a dark path. Chris has the passion to help these students succeed in school and life. Northfield is a community south of the Twin Cities and home to St. Olaf College, Carleton College, and Malto Mill. It's far enough from the Twin Cities that it's a beautiful bedroom community with small town charm, but it's big enough that there are needs for students and people that go unfulfilled. One of those needs was driver's education. There simply were no driver's education classes available to local students. Chris saw that need and started her school to address that need in the Northfield area. This happened when the community education said no to her. It's amazing how many things get going because we hear that little two-letter word, no. It certainly has pushed me in my career and even on this podcast. I've known Chris for over a year and have the honor to regularly present at her driver's education class. I'm excited to hear that there might be a satellite office to help address needs in other communities. I know it will be a great success because Chris does such a great job with her students. I really do enjoy presenting at her school and appreciate the students' questions as they play Stump Tom the Train Guy. But before we begin, we always have to do this. We always have to do our Hall of Heroes. This is our gratitude practice here on Small Scale Life. After all, it's hard to have a bad day when you start your day with gratitude. So, I would like to recognize some folks who've been active on Small Scale Life. And one, of course, Chris Geisler for being a great teacher, for inviting me to present at her classes, and for being on the Small Scale Life podcast. Glenn Tate for inspiring me to start the Small Scale Life Patreon account. So, feel free to join us up there. And for Mariah, the intuitive energy healer, and Julie for assisting me with some stuff and things. It's always good to clear some negative energy and vibes, and I appreciate their positivity. I also want to thank Julie for really assisting me with some really cool stuff. Lots of really's going on here, but it is really cool stuff. And I want to see what that looks like before I talk about it more. But uh, she's been great, and I can't wait to see how these things turn out. So thank you all for listening to this podcast episode. And if you want a shout-out in our next Hall of Heroes, get active and participate on Small Scale Life. You can also join our Patreon, and you'll get a shout-out there. So what are you grateful for? Maybe you should tell that person or that organization. It'll change your life. Give it a try. 
All right, so do you have a side hustle or business? Some of you have great projects, side hustles, or businesses. Perhaps I could learn from you. I learn something every time I do one of these interviews. It would be free advertising for your project, side hustle, or idea, too. And and that's really important as we roll into the holidays here. Share your story by being on the Small Scale Life podcast. Send a message to me using the Contact Us page on smallscalelife.com. This is your chance to teach us as we continue to learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. And I have to say, I have gotten some DMs, some messages from from folks who want to be on the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to talking with those folks. One is a backyard homesteader that is making tea down in Iowa. So that'll be fun. And then... I've got some other folks out there, too, that really want to be on the show. So good things are coming. Just wait. And if you want to be on the show, send me a message. We'll get you scheduled up. Before we start this interview, I have pulled out six key points and one significant need that Chris talked about in her story. This is the lessons learned from her story. So let me run through these real quick and we'll get right into the show. So one, number one lesson learned, identify a need. In this case, the students had a really difficult time getting their driver's licenses because there was no option available. Chris saw that need and developed her school to service those customers. Lesson number two, have a positive accountability partner. Whether it's losing weight, budgeting, or starting a business, we need someone to check in with us and make sure we're on track. And I mean in a positive and encouraging way. We don't need a negative Nelly that's raining down on our parade and and putting us into a, a bad state of mind. This stuff is hard. We need someone positive and encouraging in our life. So make sure you get that person, not a super negative person. Number three, offer a unique customized experience to customers. So customers, and in this case, students, get lost in bigger corporations, bigger stores, bigger organizations, bigger institutions. They check in and it's almost like they check out. They're just there. And they essentially are slipping through the cracks. Small businesses, in this case, a small driving school, can offer a unique and customized service that engages the customer and treats them like a real human, not like a walking drone or ATM machine. And this has worked really well at the Northfield Area School of Driving. Lesson number four, use a website and word of mouth marketing strategies. Being online allows customers to find your business with a simple keyword search. And this is huge. A lot of our traffic at Small Scale Life comes from Google. They are looking for specific things and they end up on Small Scale Life and hopefully they stick around. I hope you stay stick around for a while. Word of mouth is key is a key marketing strategy because good referrals spread like wildfire and they're also free. The thing you need to watch out for is that bad referrals can spread like wildfire too. So be aware of that. Sometimes it's worth uh, giving a significant discount or working something out with the customer or just giving them something so that bad situation corrects itself. Lesson number five, use technology to make your job easier. Chris found a vendor who built websites for massage parlors and driving schools. That is a wicked, strange combination, to be sure. The key, though, is that the technology allows self-serve shopping and makes the administration bookkeeping easy. The website takes the orders and payments and is automated to provide reminders and also get testimonials once the class is done. And that's really key. That really helps those picky customers who are really need to be talked in about a sale. And they look at those testimonials. And lesson number six, be open and put yourself in the right place. 
opportunities will present themselves to you. So Chris has been serving the growing Somali population in Faribault, Minnesota, and there may be opportunities to have a satellite office there. It's exciting to see growth when you're open to new opportunities, even though they might not be in your immediate location. Be on the lookout for those. There might be some hidden gold there. As we were talking, you'll hear about this, Chris identified a significant need for small businesses. Small business owners desperately need a health insurance option, a solution. One of the big drawbacks to starting a full-time small business is health insurance, especially for single parents. This can literally kill a small business idea in its infancy since medical bills can crush any budget and savings account. A solution is really needed, and this will be a topic for future Small Scale Life podcasts. We need a solution for this problem. If you have a good solution, I would love to know about it. Please feel free to share it in the comments below or message me on the Contact Us page on smallscalelife.com. I want to hear from you. If you've got a good idea, let me know. How about you? Do you see a need? Do you see a need for a product or service in your community? Maybe this podcast episode is just what you need to hear to make you start. That is the most difficult thing, overcoming your fear and starting. It's my goal to inspire you and take that step forward and begin. Escape velocities achieved after you get some momentum and small successes. But the key, the key, however, is to start. So what's holding you back? Think about it. Think about it as you listen to Chris Geisler's story about her amazing driver's education in Northfield, Minnesota. By the way, a little update. I did have a presentation there yesterday, and the students did stump me yesterday during the question and answer portion of my presentation. They stumped Tom the train guy. It was a first, and we all got a good laugh out of it. Hmm, we'll maybe tell you about that later. So enough from me. Let's get into our interview with Chris Geisler. There's a lot of people that I talk to that have ideas and then they just kind of get stuck. You know, they don't know how to implement and they just like my parents, my, my dad had ideas to retire from the freight business for years. And it was just always a someday, maybe we're going to do this. And then it just never happened. So, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully this will inspire some people to try, which is awesome. Yeah. And you tried and you did. And now let's talk about it. Right. Thumbs up. <laughs> okay, cool. So I sent over a list of questions. Maybe you had a chance to look at those a little bit. If not, no worries. It's just kind of a, this is just an open forum conversation about the school and, and you and what and why. Okay. Cool. We're done. All right, cool. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, do you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you? Hi, my name is Chris Geisler. And I own Northfield Area School of Driving, which is a little driving school in Dundas, Minnesota. Yeah. And when did you start the school? So the school opened in August 30th of 2019. Wow. We just so, had a year anniversary then. Two years. Just two, two years. Two years. Yeah. Oh, it must okay. have been 18. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 18? <laughs> so it's been just over two years that I've been open. Yeah. Very cool. Well, what was your inspiration? Why, why did you start the driving, driving school to begin with? I was thinking about this after you read the questions. And yeah. uh, it really, it comes down to my daughter was having trouble in school. Ah, okay. That's the crux of it. The, the whole change agent started uh, because my daughter really struggled in sixth grade. Okay. Now, 
kids have trouble in middle school. That's normal. But she had more trouble. Mm. So we decided to um, place her in a charter school in Northfield. Um, in order to make that happen, because I'm a single mom, I would have to drive her. So I changed jobs. I was a high school special ed teacher in Montgomery. Okay. And so I changed jobs. I took a job as a special ed teacher in Northfield so that I could drive her to school every day and she could have that experience that she needed as a seventh grader then. And so that was my change agent. It got me out of where I was to a new location. And so thinking back, that's the change. Right. No, that's cool. And you were a teacher in the New Prague School District. Montgomery is part of that district, I think, correct? And you were doing driver's ed there. Yep. I I worked as a teacher at um, Montgomery, which is seven miles out of New Prague. I lived in New Prague. And so I taught driver's ed in New Prague. It's just very convenient for me. Right, right. What inspired you, even going back further, what inspired you to become a teacher to begin with? Why, Why teaching? Teaching is sort of a second career for me. I worked in the state system for 13 years. Um, I was a manager in the state system. I worked as a recreation therapist and then a supervisor for that down in St. Peter. So I was in the security hospital last seven years of my career there. So, um, and then I became interested in why they ended up there, right? These are people that are mentally ill and dangerous. And a lot of the people I ran into, um, that ended up there had trouble in school, right? Okay. It all started there. Sure. And so I got really interested in preventing that sort of okay. what's the, what, how could I prevent that from happening? It's not a nice place. St. Mm-hmm. Peter's not a nice place to be. And so um, I went back to school and got a degree in um, EBD, which is emotional behavior disorders and learning disabilities. Oh, wow. I really wanted to make a change in, how people were successful in school that hopefully could carry on to their lives. Um, When you work in EBD, you run into a lot of kids with mental illness that struggle in school. So that's where that um, sort of teacher thing came about. Sure. Sure. No, that's interesting. And having been a former manager myself, it's like the job's great except for the people sometimes. So I can imagine that's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. (laughs) Um, but that management mm-hmm. um, skills that I learned through the state system really helped me in my business. Sure. Absolutely. So I knew how to like do a business plan. I knew how to develop strategies, how to have goals and how to attain them. Um, I'm the only employee. So it's not like I had to, you know, get people going. I had to get myself going. And so that management experience has helped me in being successful in the business. Right, right. And that can be the hardest person to get motivated sometimes, right? <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, I've had a five, six month hiatus from doing this and it's kind of like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do Well, oh, come on. I'd rather watch some TV or something, right? You got to self-motivate. <laughs> Yeah, I just saw, uh, this reminds me, I just yeah. saw that Dexter's coming back. Were you a I, big <laughs> I saw that too, and I just said that to Ryan. My boys really got into it. I didn't really watch it that much, but I did okay. see they're going to try to reboot that. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I saw parts of it. You know, I saw like first season or something like that. But yeah. Yeah, that was my COVID watching. Okay. I watched all of it during when I was home for COVID. So I'm excited that it's coming up again. Yeah. Uh, my son, Ryan, I mean, I won't do any spoilers in case nobody's watched it, but uh, it's been out for a while, but he said, yeah, the ending was not so good, but um, mm-hmm. it's good. Maybe they'll try to fix that a little bit with, uh, yeah. with the reboot, but 
Yeah. And I think we met, uh, we met in New Prague doing the driver's head down there. And, uh, and then you said, oh yeah, I'm thinking about branching off and doing my own thing. And, and uh, I think that was after class or something. And, and it's been, uh, you know, just from my experience and I've teach at a lot of different schools, just these um, railroad presentations, um, the kid, the students, the kids, the students in your school are very engaged and they participate. And it's one of my favorite classes to go to. And I think that, um, I don't know what you're doing down there to motivate them, but mostly, you know, I go into a class of 60 students. I think, you know, where, and, uh, they're all kind of like, Hmm, I'm half asleep and not really paying attention to this guy, but you get them going for some reason you get them going. So I think that's great. Yeah. I, I like them. First of all, I like working with them and um, coming from the background of special ed, I do a lot of experiential stuff. So the kids aren't sitting there and listening to me. I couldn't talk for three hours straight, just couldn't. So the kids um, do a lot of small group assignments. Even in my Google meets, I have them go off into their own Google meets in small groups and do some of the assignments. And um, it gets them more interested in the class. They have to, they have to, find out the information instead of me telling it to them. Mm -hmm. So they're more engaged that way. Is that the real difference you see between maybe these bigger community ed groups and then what you do as a school, what differentiates differentiates you from those bigger classes, bigger, bigger school systems? Yeah. I will. I can, I can only take, I take fewer students. Yeah. So um, right now I have 19 students in my class. The one you just came to Tom Mm -hmm. and that's, high for me. That's a lot of students for me. Usually I just take 16. That's kind of my max. And I like it. I get to know the kids. Um, Yesterday, one of the kids that I had on my Google Meets, I could tell he had a haircut. And so I mentioned (laughs) it in class. I was like, oh, Travis, you got a haircut. (laughs) So because I can get to know them and, you know, see them a little bit. Right. And, and maybe, maybe ha- interject some humor. I mean, you have the big mm-hmm. pointer finger and you're like pointing at yeah. things and have them draw. I mean, what, describe your class for a minute. Cause uh, like the classroom setting itself, cause um, I would do it, but I want you to do it from your perspective and then I'll tell you about mine. So uh, tell us about your classroom, the way you got it set up. Um, my classroom used to be an old Mary Kay building. Oh, wow. So yeah, so it was pink. And so I had to paint the whole thing pink. And so, <laughs> Um, driver's ed is very visual. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted them to be able to use the boards and see things visually. And I thought about putting up whiteboards all the way around and it was too expensive. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up painting the walls in that chalkboard, black chalkboard. And then the front wall is painted with a dry erase. And so the kids have access to the whole room and can draw up their intersections or whatever it is that we're talking about. So they get up. I make them get up. They can't sit there the whole time. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful. And and it's the only classroom like that that I've been in. And I've been all over, you know, all, all over the metro. And, um, you know, usually students are just planted in their seat. And they're just like watching mm-hmm. you talk. But when I go into your school and I see all these drawings and notes and, you know, intersections and crashes and that kind of stuff, it's really pretty interesting. And it's, it's a fun environment. And Hence the big pointer finger, but uh, <laughs> I like using the pointer finger when you're in your classroom. So yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, so helping people—that's great. Um, so you 
you started and did you have a brick and mortar to begin with or did you move into that eventually? Did you start in like a, a church space or something or a different space? How did you start? Yeah, so my uh, school year was ending okay. um, and I, I wasn't, the plan was not to go back to the public schools. And I had mentioned to my sister-in-law, you know, I really want to open this school up. My sister-in-law owns a business in Northfield and so she kind of knows what to do. And so mentioned it casually. <laughs> I'm really thinking about opening this driving school. Um, she lives in Northfield. She knows that Northfield has challenges with getting kids through driver's ed. Okay. They have like they had in the past, like a six month waiting list just to get in. And so um, she was frustrated with that as her parents. So were her friends and she grabbed, she latched onto it. Mm. <laughs> so she, um, and she found the space. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So she found the space. We met with the landlord, talked about would this space work? It has to be a certain amount of square feet to meet the standards by the state of Minnesota. It met the standards. We painted it and that was it. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So you had space and then you started. So what was your, what was your initial marketing? Word of mouth? Did you have a website right away? What was your marketing strategy? Word of mouth was my marketing strategy initially. Um, being on Google business, being yeah. on Google was a huge marketing event for me. A marketing strategy. I don't have to, it's free. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just have to get on uh, Google business and being be, be Googleable. Google-able. And that's kind yeah. of where... Um, where most of my business is. I did some initial sort of marketing stuff. Like I went on KYMN radio, which yep. is the Northfield station. Not a lot of yield with mm. that because teenagers don't really listen to KYMN. Right. So, so that wasn't a big yield. Um, but primarily it's word of mouth. Yeah. Parents are happy with how the class goes. Kids pass their permit tests. And so it's been successful that way. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I had a uh, one of our good friends. In fact, he's coming over tomorrow night for dinner, but he was a radio host on KYMN at one time. So, wow. Yeah, <laughs> we've got ties to Northfield and, you know, I was at Carlton for a year. So, yeah, it's uh, it is a nice little community there. So mm-hmm. and and really the target market, maybe not so much. Well, yeah, who's paying the bill, right? It's the parents and maybe they're listening to KYMN. But yeah, word of mouth is very powerful. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you collect like um, testimonials from students or anything that have passed or do you, or from parents? Yeah, the, or? Um, one of the best decisions I made in opening this business was choosing the website host. Mm. Okay. So I chose um, a guy out of, he lives in New Zealand and he specializes in driving schools and massage parlors. That's what he does. <laughs> That's his niche. So um the website um, just makes my life easier. Parents yeah. can certainly call me, mm-hmm. but it's a self-serve operation. They yeah. go onto the website, they pick what class they want to be in, or they pick what when they want to drive with me, and it's just really self-serve. Within that system, it also sends out reminders to the parents. Oh. They'll get oh. an email like the week before their lesson, the day of their lesson, etc. And when they're finished the website will send out an email saying, would you like to write a testimonial for the website? So, yeah. So parents or kids, sometimes kids write it on there. Um, They can write their testimonials on the website. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, That's smart. And uh, massage parlors and driver's ed, that's a heck of a combination, but you know, we'll go with it. (laughs) Yeah. He told me that, uh, I don't know. I think (laughs) I 
can't remember exactly why, how he got into the business. Just some friend of his had a driving school or something. I don't remember now. Sure. But yeah, really, um, really great decision on my part. It's just, I don't have to do a lot with that side of the business. I just have to teach and that's it. That's nice that it just Mm kind of, you kind of have this a la carte system and you pick, okay, I'm going to just do classes or I'm just going to do Mm-hmm. just to drive behind the wheel or I'm going to do all of it and away you go. So that's nice. So you have a couple different uh, selections for services too. That's good. I did. And and I did, when I worked at Northfield's public schools, um, they hired me to be a driving instructor. Okay. So I was on their staff in, for Northfield Community Ed as a driving instructor and um, felt the frustration as an employee about <laughs> being able to schedule kids. And mm-hmm. so I met with them. I met with community and I said, here's a better way to do it. Um, New Prague has a system such as I do. And I said, here's what New Prague does. Let me show you how it works. And I said, well, this will really help parents. They'll be less frustrated. Your staff will be less frustrated. And their response was not at this time. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Well, so um, and so I launched it and parents are very happy with it. They make their own decision. Then they decide. Yeah, that's how as a parent, that's how I would want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So what is your future vision? I mean, are you going to add staff? I mean, because are you just going to keep it? You know, I've got this level. We're doing awesome. Probably improve the process a little bit. What's your vision? I when I opened the business, I said I was going to do it for five years. Um, because my daughter had five years left to school in Northfield. And um, that's still kind of where I am. Okay. (laughs) So I'm, you know, in my second year um, this summer, um, or last spring, I guess, I'd interviewed someone to be on my staff with me. She's a licensed teacher. It would have been super easy to train her. And um, she's just a nice gal. I knew her from the Northfield Public Schools. Um, but then COVID happened and I oh, didn't yeah. follow through with it because I didn't know how my business would go. Um, so I was really busy over the summer. So I may consider that for next year. Um, I've also had requests um, to open the business or open a satellite in Faribault. Oh, wow. Because I work with so many of the Somali population down there, uh, women, moms usually, um, learning to drive, which is fantastic. So glad they're learning to drive. So right. that's definitely kind of on the back burner someplace I sure. may go in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, you, I think once upon a time we had talked about even the college students are coming in from maybe New York City or, you know, the East Coast and they or Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they've never had to learn how to drive because it's all on the L. It's all on the subway system. They're working, living, shopping right downtown. So they you're like, oh my gosh, I'm out here in Northfield. I want to actually drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, st- I've had my share of those um, college students. Primarily the college students I get are international students, especially this summer. Um, the St. Olaf students sort of got stuck. The international mm. St. Olaf got stuck because they held classes so long that they, the international students get couldn't get back. The oh, borders wow. were shut. And so there was just a ton of international students stuck at St. Olaf and a lot of them learned to drive this summer and um, super interesting to meet these kids and learn about their different countries. So yeah, definitely interesting. So do you have like an abridged class for them and then do some behind the wheel and then off they go to take a test or how does that work exactly? Yeah. If they're over 18, they don't have to take the class. So they go get their permits um, independently and then they, then I work with them on learning how to drive. Okay. 
that's a cool little niche. Yeah, how, it's cool. Yeah. How about mature cl- mature driving? I know some community ads, I know some programs like AAA, they've started to, to do the, the mature driving. Have you considered mm-hmm. that at all or tried it at all? Um, the 55 Alive, is that what you mean? Yep. Yeah. I kind of looked into 55 Alive. It's a volunteer <laughs> organization oh. and, and it's a it's it's kind of a time sucker, you know. Okay. It's a lot of time to run that class. Um, it would be fun because I'd get to meet these people, and but um, I did. It didn't go any further than that. Sure. Um, I do work with some mature drivers. Um, a few people who have uh, had their licenses on hold mm-hmm. because they got into a minor crash. Yep. And so the police, uh, you know, question their driving competency. So I have worked with a few of those to, cause then they have to go take the road test again. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah and this, this is a real, yeah. yeah. So sorry for stepping on you there. It's a real need. I was, I remember I was in Illinois back in 2012 or maybe it was eight. I don't know, somewhere back in the, in the mid to late aughts. And, and uh, my son was getting his driving driver's license or permit or something. And I was waiting for him to get his test done. And I remember one of the driver, uh, the instructor or the um, test folks for the DMV came up to an older gentleman and said, you know, let's do your behind the wheel. And, and he's like, ah, oh, do we have to go out on to, it's a two lane road, highway 34. And she's like, yeah, we kind of, we do, we got to drive you out there. And he's like, oh, I'm kind of scared to do that. She's like, well, you got to do this or you can't pass. And, and so it's, it's, it is a struggle as some of our populations getting older and they've been driving all their lives and, and losing that license is uh that's, that's a real, uh, it's a real loss for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. So what, uh, as, as you're thinking about your overall business and where you've been and where you're, where you're going, um, what, ch- what big challenges did you have? What, what have you, what did you have to overcome? Um, health insurance. <laughs> oh yeah. That's hard. You don't get health insurance as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And, and then I've talked to, I actually had a conversation with someone at Deed about this, you know, saying, what can you help with entrepreneurs with health insurance? Because I have children, you know, and I'm a single mom, so mm-hmm. I am responsible for the health insurance. So that, it's a leap of faith for me that I was going to make enough money at this business that I could then afford health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of my big barrier. Um, how do I make this leap of faith and ensure that my kids can still go to the dentist, you know? So, um, yeah, that was hard. And I wish that the state of Minnesota indeed would make some kind of allowance for folks who are trying to start a business and are in the same situation that I was in, you know, as a single mom, how do I have health insurance? So definitely that was a barrier for me and a leap of faith. Am I going to be able to do the things that a mom needs to do? Sure. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. that, that is a real need, I, I think as well. And, you know, like I have a friend in, in Wisconsin who started up his own electrical, electrical contracting business, but he's still, he's still tied to the union somehow. And his wife works uh, at a different job. So he's able to get insurance in different ways and maybe through his wife's employment, but yeah, for single entrepreneurs, this is a real, yeah, that is a real challenge. And it holds, I think it holds people back. And it and, definitely is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, if there's church groups that band together and can have insurance packages, it'd be an interesting thing for entrepreneurs. I mean, this sounds like a real niche, real need for somebody to start that kind of mm-hmm. thing or, or through a program at Deed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really big one. Good, good point. Hmm. 
have to look experience uh explore that a little bit more yeah you gotta (laughs) dig into that yeah so what advice do you have uh for people who are just starting out or thinking about it just starting to dip their toe into starting a new business what advice do you have from from a year in and and moving Uh, forward well initially i would my advice would be to tell as many people as you can about your plans because they keep you accountable. (laughs) So I remember I told uh, this woman that I worked with at the, at the public school, you know, about this plan, thinking about it. And she was like super supportive. She thought, Oh, it's a great idea. Of course, because she noticed the challenges of getting her kids into driver's ed. So every time I saw her in the hallway, she would say, well, how is your driver's ed going? Ah. And so, you know, I tried to avoid her some, but, um, but, you know, people will keep you accountable, you know, with this idea. If there's, have supportive people in your life who will help you to keep going with this idea and go forth with it. Um, that's my sort of biggest, I mean, I, I'm glad that I've made those contacts and that mm-hmm. people were on my side about it. Nobody, nobody in my life was saying, you can't do this, Chris. There was nobody that was saying that they were all saying, there's a need, you have the skills, you just need to go through the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good stuff. And having that accountability, we talk about that for like budgeting or even weight loss, you know, where getting that accountability partner really helps you get through those hard times and having a big why too. I mean, you're there to help people. That's your, mm-hmm. that's your calling is to help people. So you got a big why, you got accountability and away you go. So yeah, that's great. That's really good. So where can we find you online? Where can we find out more about you and Northfield Area Driving School? Northfield Area School of Driving. If you Google yes, Northfield sorry. Driving, <laughs> yep. If you nor if you Google Northfield Driving, I'll pop up there. Nice. Right? Northfield Area School of Driving, and uh, and I think uh, one of my niches um, on the website it talks about that I'm a special ed teacher, and so I'll get parents will come to me because of that, and I love that. I love mm-hmm. working with special ed kids, um, so people with reading, learning disabilities, even behavior disabilities. Those are my kids. And so I'm glad when parents choose me and and I get to work with those kids in driving. Well, I can tell you from experience, I really enjoy, I mean, one of my favorite classes is coming down and teaching in your, in your classroom. It's so much fun. And the kids are, and the students are so uh, interactive and ask so many questions and, and try to stump me. It's always good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think they almost, I think you almost got me yesterday. Uh, We try to stump you. That's our thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoy talking with you about, about the school and about you and your background and everything. I I appreciate your time and I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to present and be part of, part of your story. I think it's great. Thanks, Tom. I yeah. liked being here. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. So we wish you well. We wish you luck, you know, and good luck in the in the future. And I'll be there whenever you need me. Okay. As long as I don't get Thank called you. out of town and over, you know, another state over some crazy thing or up to War Road. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, is there a picture that you would like us to use for the podcast to put this up? Um, there's a ton of images that I uploaded online. You can just choose one. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. As long as we have your permission to do that, we will make it so. Yeah. Thanks, cool. Tom. We and, yeah. uh, you definitely are my favorite railroad guy. Oh, hell. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's always interesting. And the yeah. kids, I don't think they know that they have so many questions about railroads until you come and talk about it. So yeah, yeah. 
So hopefully none of my kids will be in railroad crashes that I've had. Yeah, I don't want to investigate any of them. You know, that'd be, mm-hmm. that's just, it's a tragic situation. And these are really bad crashes when they happen. I mean, just that video from Indiana, oh my goodness. So you know, yeah, bad news. That was impactful. We should yeah. totally start with that next time too. Yeah. I think it, it got their attention. Sure did. Right away. Right. Yeah. Other than a story. I mean, it's visual and they're so visual and, mm-hmm. and driving is a visual thing. I mean, you know, yeah. oh, I got a red light in front of me. I have to stop and a big headlight down that way oh it's a train <laughs> <laughs> all right we got to remember we might got to remember to start that way next yeah, time absolutely that sounds good so awesome well i appreciate your time awesome okay yeah. cool. have a good day see ya thanks okay, bye bye This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Why are there so many options to purchase seeds? How will I ever decide? I have a vision of all of my seedlings And my plants growing high Buy from some seed vendor and I almost believe them I know they might be wrong Someday we'll find it, the perfect seed company for gardeners, the homesteaders, and me. Who said that every seed be bought and be planted and worthy of my garden soil? Some company offered strange seeds, and I almost believe them. I'm looking for heirloom seeds to grow tall. What's so amazing is the many choices. And what do we think we might buy? Someday we'll find it. The perfect seed company for gardeners, the homesteaders, and me. All of us know it's time to plant. We know that it's almost time. Have you been waiting for seeds? And have you heard my voice? I've heard vendors calling my name. Is this the sweet sound that calls to young gardeners? That vendors might be one and the same. 
I've heard it too many times to ignore it. Seeds are something I need to buy. Someday we'll find it, the perfect seed company for gardeners, the homesteaders, and me. La dee 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 la 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 la.